0: Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast featuring Chuck Amato this week. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman.
1: Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by my brother, Ryan, who thinks this podcast will last, how long?
0: Oh, give or take an hour and three minutes.
1: Hour and three minutes. All right. Uh, I'm also joined by my brother, Trey, who is taking the over or under on that. One dollar. One dollar.
2: Oh, he's... Okay. (laughs) We're going prices right here, are we? No, it doesn't really apply there. I'm going... I'm going... I'm going to go under. Okay. All right. I'm going... I'm taking the
1: over on that. We've got a lot to cover this episode, and I'm going to start speaking slower yeah Yeah, okay (laughs) uh so two things we have to get to before we start well actually ryan i think the audience has
0: already heard you're a little bit under the weather yeah if you guys can't tell already i'm uh (laughs) losing my voice i don't it i don't feel nearly as bad as i sound though so that's the positive thing okay
1: all right well thank you for uh toughing it out he's playing hurt i'm playing hurt man i'm fighting through all right well First off, we have a new five-star review, and Ryan, yeah. uh, just to give your voice a little exercise here, why don't you read that review for us? <laughs> yeah,
0: thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's from, from D Lloyd 69 who's a, a loyal listener for us, and called us goofballs to start, which, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so he said, guys have a great knowledge of the game, and the players always find a way to make you laugh. Also very good at fan feedback. And one day I'm going to get all the bros to give me go dogs or go give me big go dogs in Athens at game. So
1: nice. All right. Trey, you've actually been to a game at Georgia. You That's talk right. about it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not afraid to talk about it, but Athens was a fun place. But no, we definitely someday we get this podcast big enough where we've got thousands of fans in every city. We got to go hit up some games.
0: Yeah. Go on the road. Great fight song they have there, right, Trey? <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i actually best.
1: no. i actually learned that glory glory is not their official fight song, uh, yeah but. we we brought that
0: up but you know what whatever All right, close enough close enough.
1: enough um okay another thing we got to get to before we start is the yahoo college football pick'em league this is the last week and we've got a tie at the top right now between rick saban and stone cold drew locks war eagle one game back levi webb two games back and dave From San Diego, three games behind. So it's anybody's pool right now. It was
0: nice of Rick Saban to kind of let the pack catch up a
1: little bit. (laughs) Yeah, he was. Yeah, he he missed a week. He got zero wins. Still (laughs) tied for first place. But that's crazy. Um, I didn't think of it until this week. What are we going to do if someone ties? If there's a tie at the top, who wins the the grand
0: prize? Ooh, that's a good
1: question. Uh. 'Cause I looked I'm the commissioner and I looked at the rules and there doesn't appear to
0: be a tiebreaker. Uh well, we gotta do some future game or bet or something like the, okay. I know it's championship week, so we got Army Navy the week after. What if we did the Okay. Like a they'd have to pick the win, the total points scored in that game and the closest two would get the prize.
1: Okay. Uh that's I like that. I was thinking more maybe somebody leaves us a five star review and lets us know, but that was very self serving and pretty yeah. shameless. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like your idea better. Uh price is right rules or just closest to?
0: I don't know. Like, closest, closest to closest to. All right. All right. I
1: don't like prices right rules. If there's a tie, we will uh make sure whoever whoever's tied for first, make sure you tweet us or email us with your uh total points scored prediction for Army Navy. Uh, okay, time to recap week thirteen, and we'll start with Oklahoma winning a shootout. Surprise, surprise! At West Virginia, yeah. fifty-nine to fifty-six to reach the Big Twelve championship, and of course, stay alive in the playoff hunt. So,
0: Ryan, what'd you see here? Yeah, this game was insane. I'm nearly fourteen hundred yards of total offense, but you know, I feel bad for Will Greer and West Virginia. They very easily could have won this game, and there were a couple of calls, you know, by the refs that took points off the board that Dana Horgerson was uh, certainly wasn't happy about. Um, the first one was that pass interference on David Sills, but that was a no-brainer to me. That one was blatant; he just ran, ran right into the guy, so that was that was an obvious one. Yeah. But the real questionable one was the fourth quarter one where they called the personal foul on the receiver blocking too far out of bounds. That one was a little dicey, and two plays later, it led to that. OU touchdown on a fumble by Will Greer, so that was a costly, costly penalty. But, you know, stuff happens in games like this and OU just always finds ways to win. That's why they're the top dog in the Big Twelve. So they just it's just what they do. That uh
2: I mean, I would have liked to have seen the refs hold hold the flag in the pocket on that guy blocking out of bounds, but it was what was that guy doing? I mean, he was he was blocking him beyond, beyond out of bounds, like into the stands. So that was a little bizarre. But, uh, and you it's know, like Ryan, one you movie.
0: Met What was the, the, uh, the blind side?
2: Does he do that in the blind yeah. side? Oh yeah. Yeah. Remember,
0: remember the high school film of him, like blocking him into the bus or whatever, or just way off the field. Yeah. Right. I want him. I want him bad.
2: <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> oh, that's the greatest line in movie history. <laughs> That was yeah. Philip Fulmer from the Blind Side. Perfect impression by Ryan. I have tried to find that clip on YouTube, and I can't find it. I know it's in the movie, really? so. But if someone finds Philip Fulmer saying "I want him bad," send me that video.
2: <laughs> that it's classic. But uh, the ironic thing, though, about this game was that it was pretty much won by that defensive play. That that uh, with the complete lack of defense, they they had the strip sack of Greer and. They went up ten in the fourth quarter, and that pretty much sealed it for for OU. And I, I'm not going to try and sound like an old timer or an a purist because I'd re- I'd much rather watch a game like this than a than a six to three struggle. But this defense of Oklahoma, it's beyond painful to watch, and they're almost you know they're still really good, but they're almost wasting back to back years of historic offenses. Yeah, they are. But I think this game was kind of the blueprint for how that
1: defense can actually do something i mean they got two touchdowns so yeah i mean if they get two touchdowns OU's not gonna lose any games no no and and that's kind of what they need to do not score touchdowns obviously that's easier said than done but they just need to i think go all out for turnovers kind of like texas tech's defense last year they weren't very good but they got a ton of turnovers and you know maybe a lot of that was luck or maybe that's just something they're targeting but they don't seem to stop anybody from moving down the field, so just try and go for those strip sacks. Yep. Try and go for yep. any turnover you can get. But um, one thing I I loved in this game was the decision by Lincoln Riley to go for it on fourth down at the end of the game. They were up by three. They had a fourth and five with about two and a half minutes left. They were on. They were. I think they were at the forty at the uh, at West Virginia's forty. So if you get that first down, it's pretty much game over. Not quite, but pretty much. And then even if you don't, so what? You gave West Virginia a little bit better field position. They were probably just going to march down the field anyway. So yeah. I thought that was... You
0: have to be aggressive there, for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, do you want your offense to try and win you the game or your defense? Answer the question. It was not yeah, rhetorical. Yeah, easy
0: choice. That's...
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the offense. Uh, all right. Next game was actually at the exact same time. I had picture and picture going. Felt like I was in the '90s. When's the last time you guys used picture in picture? I'd been a while. I I just set up two TVs, but yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I only had one TV, but it worked out perfect. I mean, you get a 55 inch with the picture in picture. Actually, I think it was a 65 inch, so worked out. Not to brag, not to brag. Wow. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) Washington, I'm talking about. I don't know if I mentioned the game I'm talking about. Washington got the win in the snow at Washington State, 28 to 15. So they reached the Pac-12 championship. Uh, What'd you see here, Trey?
2: Yeah, I mean, with the massive snowfall, this game set up perfectly for a team like Washington. They had a superior defense and an offense that doesn't solely rely on the pass, much like Wazoos pretty much does. Uh, Gaskin played huge in this one. He rushed for 170 and three scores. But it was an ugly game overall to watch, just obviously because of weather, but they each had three turnovers. Uh, I really wish this game was played in a more normal environment, as it, it really took away from some of the luster in this one for me. It was is a good win for UW to go to the Pac-12 title, but I it just it just took away a little bit from the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, clearly that's the story from this one that Wazoo's offense is is not suited for that, but that's sort of the problem or or a problem if you're Wazoo running that offense in Pullman late in the season, you might have to play in a game like this. So. um that's just one of the drawbacks. But, uh, you know, it was an amazing season from from the Cougs, obviously. But kind of like Michigan, which we'll get to, it might not feel like it for the fans. Because it once again ends with you losing easily to your biggest rival that pretty much owns you recently. So that's kind of too bad for those fans. But uh, you mentioned Miles Gaskin. He reached 1,000 yards on the season rushing. He is now the only player in Pac-12 history to rush for a thousand yards four times wow yeah he's had a heck of a career there that's crazy it, it is yeah jt barrett actually did it seven times oh, but wow yeah that's, that's <laughs> the big 10 yeah,
0: yeah i feel bad for kook fans it's uh it's unfortunate that this kind of happened that way but chris peterson he just owns he owns wazoo he owns mike leach he does you know, it, he this does. is uh this is what six wins in a row now i think for for UW over Wazoo, I don't think Wazoo's won the Apple Cup since 2012. So hmm. it's a, and it, it's been rough. It's been a rough stretch for them. But yeah, I mean, still a great season, ten to two. Nobody thought they'd do that.
1: No way. Can I uh, can I tell you guys a secret? Again, I need you to promise not to tell anybody else.
2: Hmm. Sure.
1: Okay. So when they came back from commercial and they first had the the yard lines. Oh showing up. Via the graphics. I thought that they had just plowed the field and and uncovered the yard yard. Wow! Lines wow! For like wow. a good, I would say five seconds. I was like, wow! Oh, they they plowed the field. That was pretty quick.
0: Yeah. Well, it was <laughs> just the just the numbers. It's pretty
2: cool technology. It was. It was. Did you like that? Would you rather have the, I to- the I, field just covered in snow or no? I I liked it. I mean, because I had no idea. It, it was really nice to
0: have. I don't know. I I kind of would like to have it not be there, so you know what that players are actually seeing and stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. I
0: don't know.
1: Um. All right. I kind of got away with uh my stupidity there, pretty pretty nicely. Yeah. Wouldn't dwell on that too much.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: We'll let you slide, Mike. Okay. Uh. Next game is Michigan getting blown out at Ohio State, sixty-two to thirty-nine. And I'll I'll get to Michigan in a second, but I think. My view of this game is is mostly about Ohio State. They put together their best game of the year. Uh, I don't know why it came here. I guess it was just they needed the motivation of going up against a, a great team like Michigan. But the defense, finally, especially in that first half, looked like closer to at least what you would expect out of the Buckeye defense. I know they gave up some touchdowns late, but that was mostly garbage time. But as for Michigan, what happened to their defense in this one? They'd given up seven touchdown passes on the season they gave up six in this game um i mean i I wasn't too surprised to see the offense struggle but to see the defense just lay a complete egg was was shocking to me and the biggest story here is of course harbaugh losing yet again to ohio state but still a great coach
0: still a great coach
1: he's still a great coach i think it's stupid to judge any coach by one game every year and three of Harbaugh's four years now have still been very good, especially given what he inherited. This is still a great year just because I know it is a little disappointing if you're a Michigan fan, and I would be disappointed if I was a yeah. Michigan fan. But you went 10-2, and and you lost at Notre Dame, who's going to make the playoff in a close one. And yeah, you you kind of got blown out at Ohio State, who might make the playoff. But just because you lose big on the road to a team doesn't mean you're way worse than the team or that team no not at all is yeah like look at uh, Ohio, Ohio State, State. they Purdue. know that yeah. they they yeah they lost by a big margin at Purdue we're not saying that Ohio State is owned by Purdue it just you know yeah it just happened
0: no yeah I mean it's still a good year for Michigan they're going to make a New Year's Six Bowl it's you know they had a great year but yeah it's unfortunate that it kind of comes up like this at Ohio State but you mentioned the defense it's just I don't know a few weeks can make such a big difference in college football. I mean, a few weeks ago, the Buckeyes were, they were kind of struggling offensively against teams like Nebraska. Nebraska was kind of able to hold them in check for quite a bit of that game. And then Michigan State, they couldn't do anything. I know it was different weather situation, but still they were struggling and they couldn't run the ball at all. And then against the best defense they faced, they're just lights out. So I don't know. It's just week to week. You never know what's going to happen. And um, they just played on a completely different level, but we'll see if they can do it again because they uh, they certainly made a statement, though, for the playoff. Yeah, oh, they definitely did. And but Michigan got exposed. I mean,
2: we we we'd been kind of saying it all year. At least I feel like I I know I was saying it this year. Like when when Michigan really needed a drive, when you needed re- needed to rely on their offense, like I wasn't fully in love with them. I'm not trying to be hindsight's twenty twenty. 20 I because di- I didn't see this happening in the least bit.
1: No, and I said that. Yeah, before in my preview last week, just you're tooting your your horn a little bit. I'll have to toot my horn. It was hard to be super confident in that offense.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, this was an Ohio State team getting shredded left and right, so you thought, okay... How could Michigan still not be able to run the ball? they were they were pretty anemic, and they weren't very creative. Harbaugh's Harbaugh's stubbornness, and a lot of Michigan fans are pointing this out. His stubbornness with running a kind of a vanilla smash mouth tight end fullback dive in between the tackles it it didn't work in in this one game. Are you slandering Ben Mason? You don't want any fullback dives anymore, Trey? I no, I love it. I'm just saying <laughs> there the the lack of creativity compared to like what Maryland was doing to him the week before. And uh, but yeah, Michigan they bookend their season with with some ugly ugly losses against their biggest rivals so it's i I understand michigan fans point of view right now but uh you know still a solid year okay last game texas a&m
1: beat lsu 74 to 72 in seven overtimes on saturday night it's the highest scoring game in fbs history
0: it's crazy ryan did you watch this one I did well. I didn't watch the entire game, but I certainly watched the fourth quarter and overtimes. It it was uh, it was nuts. It was crazy. And it's kind of funny though because I felt like both defenses played pretty pretty well throughout the whole throughout the whole game. There wasn't a bunch of glaring mistakes being made, or offenses weren't dominating. So it's just kind of funny that this game is the most points scored ever in an FBS game, and it wasn't like crazy offensive performance. But um, just a f- super fun game to watch, but. Kendrick Rogers in overtime for Texas A and M. Where would he come from? I mean, that he just he was awesome. Yeah, he was just making was huge freak. catches. I was, and I looked at his stats for the year, and it was very pedestrian. So, coming out party for him. Um, just, a, I know it's a tough loss for Coach Orgeron and LSU, but I mean, a great year for them, and they still have a, a decent chance of making a New Year Six, right? So, I th- I think they're going to make it. Now
2: they'll be they're in the conversation. Yeah, but. It is crazy. I mean, so many things had to go right for a And M. I mean, Mond's knee being down at the end of regulation. Uh, yeah. Then after that, it was still a fourth and eighteen. Then a spike putting a second back on twenty yard touchdown as time expires. And then the scoring in each overtime matching each other. Yeah. Like it's the, the fumble in uh, in that first overtime. Yeah, that was called incomplete. It, it's just it was ridiculous. I mean, you couldn't it, unbelievable game, a crushing loss for LSU. But yeah, in, in the end, if you look at both these teams, I think they had successful years. And you look at LSU, their losses came against Florida, Bama, and A&M, and they also beat four top 25 teams. So I, I think uh, I think it was a solid year. It was. It was. I would still, moving
1: forward, be a little disappointed if I'm an LSU fan, or a little worried, I guess, that... Still kind of the same issues, a lackluster offense. I yeah. I just don't think this LSU team feels any different than kind of the late Les Miles teams. But it's you you laid it out nicely there though. It was a I guess impressive resume this year. Um but how about uh, giving Coach O a Gatorade bath before the game yeah, is over? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can't ouch. you can't do that. No. Ouch. <laughs> no. Brutal. But on the other side what a year for Jimbo Fisher going eight and four in your first year when you have Alabama and Clemson on the schedule that is a very good start I'd be excited if I were an A&M fan no doubt
0: yeah that was a really impressive first year
1: and they almost beat Clemson they did almost yeah, beat, yeah exactly
0: okay let's get to the rapid recaps uh Ryan why don't you get us started <laughs> all right I'll give it a shot here guys yeah. um yeah all right so my first game um uh, is the Egg Bowl, and uh, this one was a snoozer. Mississippi State dominated Ole Miss; <laughs> they won thirty-five to three. Kind of a boring game for Thanksgiving, um, but an eight and four year for the Bulldogs it was a good first year for Joe Moorhead. Um, in my second game, I got Central Florida; they dominated South Florida thirty-eight to ten. But of course, the big news here is Mackenzie Milton suffered that devastating knee injury. It's horrible to watch. Um, Apparently, he already had surgery. Um, and he's doing pretty well, so hopefully he makes a full recovery and is able to come back next year. My um, third game uh, is Texas at Kansas, and the Longhorns were able to hold off the Jayhawks 24-17. It wasn't pretty, but I don't think the Longhorns really care about that. They won the game. They go to the Big 12 title game, so that's all that really matters for them. Um, <clears throat> um, I, you okay? <laughs> yeah, excuse me there. I'm <clears throat> trying to gather myself. <laughs> all right my fourth game is 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 florida at florida state uh and the gators dominated 41 to 14 uh nine and three in dan mullen's first year ahead of schedule for sure Uh, on the flip side pretty much the opposite for willie taggart and fsu they went five and seven um and that's their first losing season since 1976 uh when they were preseason ranked top 25 this year so that's not a good start there
1: you remember last year when uh Obviously, FSU, they went six and six. And then there was that post on Reddit about, wait a second, FSU might not be bowl eligible. Oh, yeah, right. And I think it it had something to do with them playing an FCS team. I can't remember exactly the scenario. But it turned out they were bowl eligible. But uh, anyway, so they're five and seven now, right? Someone posted one of the top threads on Reddit is FSU might not be bowl eligible.
0: (laughs) Hey, some some five and seven teams might make it again this year, right? That's true. I don't know if their APR is high enough, but... We'll see. Um, in my last game, uh, we got the Iron Bowl. Unfortunately, this is a, a quick preview or a quick recap. Uh, Auburn, they were able to keep it competitive for the first half. They are only down three at halftime. Uh, but Bama poured it on in the second half and won 52-21. And that means Alabama's closest margin of victory in a game this season is 22 points against Texas A&M. that's just crazy how much they've dominated.
1: Trey, that was your bold prediction before the season.
2: Yeah, I said double-digit, and then they they took it even one step further and went over 20 points. I mean, that's crazy. Three touchdowns. Ryan, uh, you did miss an opportunity in the Egg Bowl to say Mississippi State could have called
0: it over-easy. Oh, wow. I like it. Yeah, uh, I like it. Trey Trey's coming up with some decent ones here lately. He's coming out of his shell.
2: Miss, oh, oh, shell, that's right. Yeah, Ole yeah, Miss was, was, was like, Ole Miss thinks Mississippi State is a bunch of deviled eggs. <laughs> no, you're just yoking. <laughs> uh, I was scrambling for that last one. Oh, man. Oh that's all I got. How <laughs> many egg <laughs> buns can we do? <laughs>
1: that's it. We're done. All right, all right. Okay. I'm going to talk about uh, games that had group of five conference championship implications. So we got the AAC. Memphis won a play-in game against a Dierick Kingless Houston team, 52-31. to So they'll be at UCF next week. In Conference USA, FIU, Butch Davis blew their chance to go to the conference championship by losing to Marshall. And Middle Tennessee killed UAB, 27-3. So now UAB has to play at Middle Tennessee again next week for all the marbles in that conference. In the MAC, Buffalo dominated Bowling Green to punch their ticket to play against Northern Illinois. In the Sun belts App State beat Troy 21 to 10 to win the East, and Louisiana survived a close game against ULM to win the West. It's Louisiana Lafayette. No, it's Louisiana. Well, they just want to go by Louisiana now, don't they? I know, but I don't like it. <laughs> well,
0: Whatever. to Monroe, so what they're just better than Monroe? I guess so. I guess they are. I mean they beat them so. That's like what was it? Southwest Missouri State dropped the Southwest and now they're just Missouri State. That was the uh, the best branding move ever.
1: Southwest yeah. Southwest Missouri State sounds like a garbage team, but Missouri State's like, "Oh, yeah." How huh, bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Southeast is wishing they did that. Yeah.
1: Finally, the Mountain West Boise State won on the Smurf turf against Utah State, 33-24. Great game from Alexander Madison. 200 rushing yards and three touchdowns. And he he really carried them down the stretch of that one. So they will host Fresno State next week. And then I've got four more just kind of crazy rivalry games to go over. Virginia at Virginia Tech. The Hokies won in overtime to make it 15 straight wins over Virginia. That was a rough loss for... (laughs) For the Cavs. Just recover
2: that fumble.
1: I know, that was crazy. Uh, at the end of the game, Virginia Tech, the game-tying touchdown, they fumbled in the end zone and then recovered it for the for the touchdown. Uh, BYU blew a 27-7 lead late in the fourth quarter in the Holy War against Utah to lose 35-27. Arizona also blew a, a big lead in the fourth quarter. They were up 40-21 to and gave up 20 unanswered to lose by one against Arizona State. And then the last one I have here is NC State beating North Carolina 34-28
2: in overtime. And that game ended with a brawl. It did. It did. All right. The first game I'm going to touch on here is Notre Dame at SC. I was there to witness the Irish win 24-17 in, in what we all thought was Clay Helton's finale. We'll, we'll touch more on that later. <sighs> but uh, Notre Dame overcame an early 10 nothing deficit to clinch their spot in the playoff. Wasn't overly impressive, but they did what they had to do behind some good play from Ian Book. Next game, South Carolina at Clemson. Clemson scored 14 points in each quarter to win 56-35. to If there's a red flag for Clemson right now, it's that they allowed Jake Bentley to throw for 510 yards and 5 touchdowns. So they gave up 600 yards of offense, which is, which is uh, pretty surprising. Georgia Tech at Georgia. Georgia had no problem with the option offense of the Yellow Jackets. They held them to 219 yards and won 45 to 21, but it really wasn't even that close. Georgia appears to be peaking at the right time as they they now get to face off with mighty Alabama in Atlanta. Next game, Kentucky at Louisville. This game symbolized each team's season as Kentucky throttled Louisville 56 to 10, Louisville didn't want to be there and essentially surrendered the Governor's Cup to the Wildcats. Terry Wilson, 17-23 for 261 and three touchdowns. They cap off a great year going 9-3. Finally, Syracuse at Boston College. The Orange won this one 42-21 to finish a solid year at 9-3. Eric Dungy was questionable going into this game, but not only did he play, but he played outstanding, through for 362, and he accounted for all six touchdowns. Great year for Dino Babers Orange. Kentucky and Syracuse winning big. What is this basketball? <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> hilarious. Ryan, I have a fake laugh of yours on the soundboard that I cannot find right now, but really maybe I'll maybe later in the episode I'll find it. Okay, Mike. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's time for our segments. Oh boy, I'm excited. First segment, I think our only segment is the coaching carousel. First one is that Lynn Swan released a letter on Twitter explaining his decision to retain Clay Helton and since I'm a USC fan I'm going to give my thoughts first here and you guys just have to tell me if I'm being an over dramatic fanboy or if you agree with me. will do Mike. Okay. All right, I'm going to take a I'm going to take a sip of water before this one. Yeah. One of my 50 sips of water in the episode but cuz I got a lot to say here. I got a lot 50, to say. 50 different cups too. That was from the sippy cup. All right.
2: <laughs>
1: so, first off, it's never a good sign when you're making a decision that you have to write a letter to the fans yeah. basically saying, I know you're all going to hate this, but here's <laughs> here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And what I don't get is why we're clinging to this guy, Clay Helton, who wasn't even considered a good hire at the time. It Certainly interim, not. Yeah. It's not like any other good schools would have wanted to hire clay helton as their head coach and last year with one of the best quarterbacks and rosters in the country that should have been a time where usc is a clear playoff contender and we were just non-competitive got dominated at notre dame got dominated by ohio state so we just clearly weren't near that upper echelon of teams no and then this year still an extremely talented roster and we're garbage like really really bad five and seven that that really shouldn't happen And I'm not saying that I want to take maybe a little bit of a step back that it can't work with Clay Helton, you know, with some changes to the staff. That would be overconfident for me to say that it just couldn't work. But I think it's borderline egregious to think that Helton gives us a better chance of becoming a consistently good team than, say, a Matt Campbell or Neil Brown or Jeff Brom or someone that's proven it uh, with less talent. And then the final point, and this is probably the most important thing is that the fan base is so against this guy that it's really going to make things toxic. Like It's it's going to be much more difficult to recruit. The whole vibe around the program is going to be negative all offseason. The fans are probably not going to show up next year. They didn't show up this year. It was our lowest attendance since 1987. So you thought that would have sort of spurred a change. The boosters aren't happy. I, I don't see them donating a lot. Um, it's not going to be easy to pull in a, a great coordinator when the coach is maybe a lame duck although we'll talk about later maybe i'm wrong there and the other thing is that it's not just homer usc fans like me that are saying this this is pretty much unanimous among you know national college football writers and people on message boards and i go on rcfb and i see other pac-12 fans saying thank goodness they're keeping clay helton so this is just all bad i'm very unhappy yeah i don't
0: i don't get why like What's the positive about keeping him? You already are not good. You had a horrible year, five and seven, by you for USC. That's that's terrible. And like you said, the worst thing is they're not recruiting very well right now. They're they're struggling this year. Last year was pretty good, but this year's not, Yeah, this year's not going so hot. Oregon's completely dominating the Pac-12 recruiting right now, and even Washington's doing really well too. They're ahead of USC, so you're not keeping up there nobody wanted to keep him it just doesn't make sense to me like he doesn't have a huge buyout it's that's not it nope. so it's that it just i don't get it i'm puzzled by it and it's just yeah i feel bad for you mike it's i mean <laughs> thank you i'll why? be okay but thank you <laughs> i know but like why i don't know it just doesn't make sense yeah i you're you're not crazy
2: michael i uh you know you see all these national columnists on twitter like just like jaws to the table shocked um you know seeing the that twitter post it's uh it's not just the average fan so uh, i i think it's crazy too i mean do we want to talk about potential potential staff members
1: sure yeah bring up bring up the rumor
2: well there's a rumor i know i know someone in the athletic department and i've seen some Ooh. other some yeah some other mumblings on twitter this this just into college football bros um cliff kingsbury has been spotted on the USC campus. I mean, he might just be visiting LA, but you know, immediately after his firing, he was spotted on campus, and we know that you have to think. Are that they a,
1: sure? Sorry to interrupt. Are they sure it wasn't Ryan Gosling?
2: <laughs> it's good. It's fair. That's fair. Could yeah. it be? Okay. Um, but either way, I mean, y- you know, by keeping Helton, that well, you would think you would know that it would have to be a complete overhaul of the staff. I mean, if they don't do anything with the staff, then oh my god, then then just they shut will. D- they will. I know, I know, but uh, but yeah. So that, that if if they hired somebody like that, at least a big name coordinator, that could be somewhat exciting. No, yeah, I would I would definitely be a lot more happy if we made a
1: hire like Cliff Kingsbury because that is one of our big problems is that USC wasn't committed to winning in the sense of of paying big time for coordinators. Um, so if they ponied up for Cliff Kingsbury, then that I would be a lot more happy.
0: I'm sure you would, Michael. I'm sure you well, would.
1: Well, yeah, and I'd get a look at his beautiful face for the, for the <laughs> next year. That would be wonderful.
0: But I mean, yeah, T Martin, a guy like that, he had to go. Or, well, he hasn't been fired, but he needs to He's go. He's at least got to get demoted. That's, you just got to get fired. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I it's,
1: okay. Demoting doesn't work. All right. Well, that's enough about USC. Let's get to a few more uh, coaching changes. We are going to assign one of these to each bro and uh, you have to say whether you agree with the decision to fire the coach and then who are the likely candidates to replace him
0: or if they already made a hire, if they've already hired somebody. So I'll start off um, Larry Fedora here at North Carolina. And do I think he deserved to get get the boot? Yes, he definitely deserved to get the boot. Um, (laughs) Okay, he only won. He only won two ACC games in the last two years. And coincidentally, both of those were against Pitt, which is kind of interesting, but he had to go. Um, but it's kind of weird who they ended up going up going hiring here. They went back to the nineties. Well, and eighties, even Mac Brown. Yeah. That's, uh, interesting. 67 year old Mac Brown just entering his prime in coaching. <laughs> well, what do you think
1: of it? You think it's a good hire?
0: I don't know. Actually, I mean, cause when I, when I heard about, I don't know, I compare this to, maybe I shouldn't, but like a coach, like I thought wasn't a good hire because he'd already done it and just wasn't that successful as like Jeff Tedford when Fresno hired him. I mm-hmm. was like, that's not going to be, how he didn't do it. He flamed out at Cal. How's that going to work? Killed it at Fresno. So I don't know. I mean, he's a, he's a name. He'll, he knows the importance of recruiting. So he's going to get, I'm sure he's going to have a good recruiting staff that, that goes with him. Um, so I don't know. I actually, I'm kind of like it if I'm North Carolina. Yeah.
1: I like it too. I, there, yeah. There's talk of him bringing Gene Chiswick with him. Well, there's also talk of him bringing Cliff Kingsbury. I think that would be tough, given he's already a lock to go to USC.
0: Right, right. Well, if it's Gene <laughs> Chiswick, then I'm I'm not totally loving
1: it. <laughs> yeah, but I like you said. I think he's going to recruit well. I think the fans like him. I, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with yeah. it. Not a lot has worked at North Carolina, so I don't mind this outside the box. Move.
0: They're going to bring Frank Beamer there, maybe Bill Snyder, (laughs) Bobby Bowden.
1: There you go. Why not? (laughs) Okay. Well, let's. We already talked about him. Cliff Kingsbury, he, of course, was fired at Texas Tech. And I think it was the right move. He was there for six years and they just could never get over the hump. And they were always around 500. So if it hadn't happened yet, maybe it just wasn't going to happen. As far as who they should hire, I think they should hire Neil Brown from Troy or Seth Luttrell from North Texas that if they can get him. They both have coached at Texas Tech before. I think they'd be home run hires for them. But the reports are they're not their top targets, which I think is crazy. But okay, so let's let's try to decide who they will hire. Some names that have been thrown out there. Dana Holgerson, he used to coach there for eight years under Ow. Mike Leach. What do you think, Ryan? I
0: don't know. Would he leave West Virginia for Texas Tech?
1: It, I wouldn't seem like he would. That seems like a weird move. But the only reason people think he might is that there's rumors of of him butting heads with the administration at West Virginia. So Mm, eh, maybe Brett Venables is friends with Kirby Hokut, but he came out with a quote that he didn't exactly deny that. He didn't say, no, I'm not going there, but didn't really sound like he was interested.
0: So if he wasn't good, I mean, he could have got some other better gigs in the past. So probably not, I would think.
1: Jim Levitt, also friends with Hocutt, the athletic director. But the only problem with him, he has a player abuse scandal in the past, of course, at USF. So that doesn't seem like a great fit for Texas Tech. But why, Mike? Well, because allegedly Mike Leach may have had some issues with that. So, <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah. but apparently they're interested in him. So had to throw him out there. Mike Norvell of Memphis, Matt Wells, Utah State. There's a ton of names you can throw at anybody. And I, I don't know how to predict. I really don't know who they're going to pick. I'll yeah. just guess Jim Leavitt, but I have no idea.
0: I think that'd be great if that was. Yeah,
1: really you, you you match up. Uh, hopefully they can keep the, the great offense going. And now you bring in a guy who can help fix the defense. I, I'm okay with it. I'd be okay with it. I don't know if it's great, but I'd much rather have Neil Brown or Seth
0: Luttrell. Yeah, fair enough.
2: All right, my right. Uh, I'm going to touch on Western Kentucky. They fired. We gave Mike. you the exciting one. That's right, real sexy. Real <laughs> sexy. They uh, they fired Mike Sanford. I agree with the decision. They finished three and nine. They were six and seven last year, and he succeeded uh, Jeff Brom, who was thirty and ten before him. So the program clearly took a step back. They have since um, agreed to terms with uh, Tennessee offensive coordinator Tyson Helton, who is the younger brother of, of Clay at SC. But he was previously the Hilltoppers' offensive coordinator under Braum. so it kind of seems like a logical fit. Um, he's not a not a huge name, but you know Western Kentucky, uh, they kind of had to pick their battles there, so I, I think it's a a solid fit. Go back to uh, a previous regime that worked.
1: Okay, yeah, I agree. Let's move on to oh, we do have another segment here: playoff scenarios. I'm excited about this. So each of us has come up with one scenario of how. The games this weekend will play out and then so we'll say if that happens who will be the four teams
2: in the playoff so trey why don't you go first all right so let's start with the most likely scenario assuming every game goes according to the point spread alabama beats georgia they're in clemson beats pitt and they're in notre dame's already undefeated they're in so now it comes down to who gets in between 12 and 1 ohio state and 12 and 1 oklahoma now one important note here is that we are recording this before the the CFP rankings are released this week.
1: Okay, I'll I'll answer this one. So I think yeah, that is definitely a crucial point because I think we might get our answer in these rankings. If if Oklahoma is ahead of Ohio State, then it's going to be really tough for Ohio State to pass OU, of course, because OU has a tougher game against Texas rather than Ohio State against Northwestern. Uh and I'm going to predict that Oklahoma would get in in this scenario. It's very close between these two teams. Either way the committee goes, it wouldn't be unreasonable. But according to Massey Peabody, OU has a slightly better strength of schedule already than Ohio State. And then, of course, that gap's going to widen this weekend. So I think – and also, I think their one loss is a much you know better loss, losing barely against Texas rather than getting killed at Purdue. So I think they would go with Oklahoma. Do you guys agree
0: or – yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, even though Ohio State looked super impressive against Michigan, you can't just look at one game. And I think the committee is pretty good at not doing that. So, um, but like you said, Mike, it, it's going to be vital to see who's number four tomorrow night or Tuesday night. Cause that's yeah. or if, number five. That's right. Number five. Yeah. Georgia's going to be or fourth five. probably. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. My bad. But so, either way. Whoever is ahead, Oklahoma or Ohio State, that's crucial because whoever is ahead, I don't see them being able to get past if assuming they win.
1: Well, o, OU would have a much better chance. If, if OU was sixth, they'd have a much better chance if they had a convincing win against Texas. Yeah.
0: But if they put Ohio State ahead of them this week, I don't know. I don't see, you know, they'll still beat a top 20 Northwestern team the big 10 title against it's not like it's a, a much better win than texas so yeah that's that's a good point maybe i'm overstating the difference yeah. between the two uh-huh. teams
2: i i'm gonna disagree i i have to give it to ohio state because uh, they proved that their best is tough to beat as they showed against michigan who the committee had as number four i mean they were a top top yeah, team true. and and they showed a pulse on defense and and they obviously can move the ball well with haskins and that and that offense I, I personally think that oklahoma's defense will be the reason the committee leaves them out as they're not a complete team whether that's fair or not but i i do i will say i agree with your points about uh especially ryan mentioning that their ohio state's overall resume has been it was kind of weak until michigan um so so i yeah. would like we've
1: like we've said it, it's razor thin it it is it's super close because oklahoma has a lot of unimpressive wins as well against army doesn't look as bad now because army had a good season but um oklahoma uh, Oklahoma state oklahoma state yeah
2: given 40 up to kansas Kansas yeah Yeah.
1: so either way
0: it's it's very close
1: uh okay what's what's our next scenario
0: all right so the next scenario is this scenario we got six six teams are going to feel like they have a decent chance here um it's a kind of far-fetched one I might add, it's a lot of craziness has to happen, but here's what's here's what's going to happen: Georgia beats Bama and a close one. Clemson loses to Pitt. <laughs> OU beats Texas, and Ohio State beats Northwestern. So, what you'd end up with is an undefeated Notre Dame, and then five twelve and one teams. So that's Georgia, Bama, Clemson, OU, and Ohio State. So, which two? Which two of those five would do you think would get left out? So. In this scenario,
2: I'm going to leave Oklahoma and Ohio State out. To me, it would come down to Ohio State and Clemson for that that last spot, in my opinion. And I think similar to last season where Ohio State got blown out to Iowa, then this year they had the blowout loss to Purdue, then they've obviously had a shaky defense throughout the year. I I think that would keep them out against Clemson. Now, I will say, though, that Clemson's schedule, looking back in hindsight, it was fairly blah and... But yeah. they're just so strong on offense and defense that I think that would put them in over Ohio State. So I think Ohio, Oklahoma and Ohio State are the, the ones left out there.
1: Yeah, you definitely identified the teams. Georgia would be in, no doubt, right? Notre Dame yeah. no would Notre be Dame's in if they're undefeated. And and that third, I would, I would agree, Trey, you, I guess, took it as a given, which maybe is right. I think Alabama's still in. I think even if they lose... Oh. Yeah, they're clearly no the best team. So even if their resume is, well, their resume they killed everybody. So even if yeah. there wasn't an amazing strength of schedule, I don't think that matters. And then yeah, it's down to Clemson, OU, and Ohio State. I I agree. I think Clemson sort of for similar reasons to Alabama. They're they just are one of the four best teams. Even if they have a weird game against Pitt and lose, they're still one of the four best teams. Yep. Yeah, I agree
0: um with you guys here. But Okay. the interesting thing is in this scenario, that would mean only two power five conferences would make the playoff s e c and uh the well ACC. Yeah. but then you got the in- independent
2: you got independent Notre Dame, but yeah no, the I, I, That's true yeah
1: and only one power five conference champion would be in just georgia that's, yeah, that's kind of odd but and i think that would upset people, but the committee has never said that a conference championship is the be-all end-all. They've said the opposite. It's it's a factor. You know, it's a plus. So, yeah. it just because OU and Ohio State had that doesn't mean their resume is
2: better than Clemson.
0: Yeah. So, what you think? You want Washington to make it or Utah and,
2: or Pitt? Well, so that's my that's my point about that. Everyone saying, oh, it should be all the five or six conference champs and then two at largest Well, would you really? Does Washington or Utah really like deserve to be in a six or eighteen playoff? Like. No, they don't. I mean
1: that would be one of the downsides. That's that's a
2: different that's a different story for another day.
1: Uh okay, last scenario here. It's a fun one. I'm trying to get UCF into the playoff. So let's assume all these things happen, and you got to tell me, is there a at least a reasonable chance or any chance that UCF gets in? So I'm assuming that Notre Dame can obviously not be caught by UCF. And I think the same goes for Clemson and Alabama, even if they lose. So let's assume those three teams are in. Uh, So I'm trying to get UCF that fourth spot. So let's assume Oklahoma gets killed by Texas. Ohio State gets killed by Northwestern. Georgia gets killed by Alabama. And then the last spot uh, would be down to these five teams. Uh, It'd be two loss Ohio State, two loss Oklahoma, two loss Georgia, and then two loss Michigan. And then, of course, UCF. So, Ryan,
0: is UCF in? No. Sorry. Dang. I I wish they would give him a chance, but. I mean it just it kind of makes you wonder if they would be affected by the injury to Mackenzie Milton the committee you know I mean
2: Yeah totally
1: I don't I th- know if it, maybe they would I think they would they're in their selection protocol it says they're allowed to
0: consider key injuries that could affect their performance in the playoff which is kind of a little unfair but well, that's just what it is I guess so it absolutely would so if if a healthy Mackenzie was there I still don't think they'd make it. I think
1: they'd have a yeah. chance. I think they'd have a
2: chance with a I think if country. Mackenzie Milton was there and they win, they beat Memphis in style and they w- I I think they could have snuck in. Um, but they have in no this no quality wins, none of the teams I, I they are currently in the top 25. I Listen, I'm not disagreeing with that, but then you've got they they have style points and and then also and the pit, the pit win, the domination. That's not terrible,
1: you know. Just yeah. it would be the same arguments on a mus, much less of a scale as Don't Alabama. Yeah, has because no. they 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 didn't have a great strength schedule, but they killed everybody. Obviously, Bama's schedule is a ton tougher than UCF, but you get UCF the point. had
2: some close games. That's true. That's true. Memphis and uh, Navy. But but in the in that scenario that you mentioned, I'm I'm leaning georgia yeah uh, i would because, say georgia too because they're not they're not expected to beat alabama and they'll have quality wins and their only quote-unquote bad loss is on the road at lsu um, and then you know Notre, or i mean then alabama so but i think if Mackenzie milton was there there was this was the chance but obviously a lot would have had to play out so
1: all right that's it for the uh the playoff scenarios let's preview championship week uh we'll start with the Pac-12 Championship on Friday night in Santa Clara, Washington is a five-point
2: favorite against Utah. Trey, what are you thinking here? It's pretty amazing that, as lethargic as Washington has been this year, they're favored to go to the Rose Bowl. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm even more impressed though with Kyle Whittingham. It's like they didn't even lose their starting quarterback and running back. Like, but uh, the, the, in the matchup, these teams. They're, they're pretty even on offense and defense statistically. They both have great coaches. If there is an edge, um, it's the big game experience for U-Dub, uh, but I haven't been overly impressed with with them here, and I, I like the Utes in this one.
1: Okay, I actually like Washington. Uh, to me, I was a little bit surprised by that point spread. I thought it would be higher. I think this is maybe closer to a point spread I would expect if Tyler Huntley was still healthy. and. You know, Jason Shelley has has played pretty well, like you said. Whittingham is continues to win with, without Tyler Huntley, but he's faced some pretty bad defenses. Defenses. This is the first great secondary he's going to go up against. So I think we'll see the the freshman mistakes show up in this game, and that's why I'm taking the Huskies.
0: You know, I, I'm not. I haven't been the biggest Washington Husky backer the last couple years, but I I agree with Michael here. Um, I know that Shelly has played pretty well, especially the last few games. They've put up at least thirty points in all three of those games, but not against the greatest competition. Washington's a different animal on defense, and with their ground game improving, and then Miles Gaskin, I, I just, I don't think Utah's gonna be able to keep up. But you, we didn't mention the regular season game between these two teams. Washington went to Salt Lake and won twenty-one to seven, and they, yeah. they didn't play well at all. And I think. I think Browning gifted them that seven points, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I don't know. I, I don't do s-
1: remember a Utah guy running
2: for the end yeah. zone and
0: <laughs> somehow yeah, fumbled, fumbled it out of bounds or something.
2: Somehow didn't score. Yeah. yeah,
0: would have been a little closer. But So, you know, I, I I like Washington here as well.
1: Okay, next up is the Big 12 championship, Texas against Oklahoma in a rematch of uh, the Red River. Red, dang it, that's hard to say as well. Yep. Yeah, it is. You can't do it. Red River yep. rivalry. From earlier in the season, Oklahoma is a seven and a half point favorite in
0: Jerry World. Who do you like here, Ryan? Um, I like Texas. Um, uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised OU is favored by more than a touchdown right now. Maybe that'll go down as the week goes on, but I don't know. Their defense is clearly horrible and I highly doubt they'll get two defensive touchdowns like they did last week against West Virginia to help them. Plus, Texas has already beaten them. You know, they beat them in the Red River rivalry and it's not like either team has really improved or decreased at a significant amount since then i still feel like they're relatively the same teams um so I, i'm gonna take texas and i'm gonna make them my lock of the week
1: yeah i i think i agree with you there i i think oklahoma will win i i definitely like them to win the game straight up but i think sam ellinger can can keep them close he had a terrible game last week finally ended that interceptionless streak and it was against kansas um, and there's been some talk that his shoulder is still not 100%, but that injury was, I think, over a month ago or around there. So, and he's been fine since then. So I'm, I'm not worried about that. And OU's defense has just been so bad that I think the key against them is just don't turn the ball over. they're, they're you're gonna, I think I said this earlier, you're gonna move the ball down the field and score as long as you don't turn it over. And Texas this year has only turned it over 10 times. That's second best among power five teams. So I like their chances to take care of the ball and uh, hang in there for the cover. Is Bama number one? Number one was shoot. I should have written it down. I, I Arizona State. Arizona State. That was it.
0: Wow. Yeah, Manny Wilkins. He's not. He doesn't throw the ball. He doesn't throw interceptions. That's a good one. Yeah.
2: You know. So when looking at this game, Texas, their their advantage uh, was is their defense, but that's really slipped over the course of the year. Since that game, since the game they played against Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry. Um, not bad, not bad. Yeah, there's uh, a little, little bit stutter. of a hiccup in there, yeah, but there's a little uh, W in there a little bit, I, I got away with it. <laughs> but uh, since that game, they've given up 38, 42, and 34, losing two of those games. So, you know, it's obviously... It's 12. I know, and I, obviously I don't trust Oklahoma's defense, but I think they have revenge, and they're looking to make a statement, and I think they're going to handle... not blow out the Longhorns but I think they cover okay biggest game maybe of the weekend the SEC
1: championship Alabama takes on Georgia and Atlanta and the Tide are a 13 point favorite and I've been picking Alabama pretty much all season against the spread but I think I'm finally going to pick against them uh, Georgia is is not completely overmatched talent wise in this game not at all they're they've been recruiting nearly as well as Oklahoma or as Oklahoma as uh, Alabama for the past few years and unlike LSU and Mississippi State who were two of the only teams to at least compete decently defensively against Alabama Georgia actually has a really good offense to to pair with their defense so and Georgia's resume it, if you look at it right now there it's really good uh, I know that loss at LSU is kind of sticks out like a sore thumb but every one of their wins has come by at least two touchdowns so I have to take 13 points
2: with a team that good I, I agree with all your points there. And I think Georgia honestly is peaking at this point, which is a plus. But the only problem is that Bama, in order for Georgia to win, obviously Bama is going to have to play their B or maybe even C game uh, to, to lose straight up. Fromm seems to have rebounded from his kind of midseason down form that people were ragging him on. Um, they obviously have revenge on their mind as they return to the same building of the national title from last year the problem is they just don't have a guy like Roquan Smith on defense that they had last year. Um, and, and, and obviously the, the Bama team this year has a better offense than, than last. So I
0: see Bama winning, but I'm, I'm with you, Michael. I, I think Georgia covers. Yeah. I, I'm going to agree with you guys. Ever since that LSU loss that you mentioned, Georgia has been playing great. Holyfield and Swift have been awesome. And Fromm has been efficient as ever. And the, yeah, their ground game. I mean, I I know Bama's defense is really, really good, but, it's been a little susceptible to giving up some runs at, at at times this year. And I feel like a team like Georgia has the capability of at least maybe exposing that a little bit more than other teams have. Um, And their defense has responded well in their last three sec games. They've given up less than 15 points per game. So I don't think they're going to pull off the upset, but I do think they're going to cover.
1: Okay. Before we move on, uh, I got a question for you guys. So, in the playoff rankings that we haven't seen yet, uh, Georgia's obviously going to be number four, and they're going to be. I think, of course, they don't give ratings; they just give rankings. But I think they're going to be clearly ahead of Oklahoma and Ohio State in some order, right? Like Georgia's a clear number four. Yeah. So yeah, if they lose by three against Alabama, or they lose in overtime, whatever. Yeah. Why should anybody pass them? Then I aren't agree. they then just getting punished for playing a good team for playing the the best team?
2: I I don't disagree, and I mean the, the I think the committee's not afraid to make a statement,
0: but I think even the committee would be afraid to make a statement like that. I I can definitely see a scenario where if they lose a super close game, and then neither OU or Ohio State really plays that well, I can definitely see them being in the in the playoff because I honestly think they would deserve it. And I right, I
1: I think they're better than yeah, they're better Ohio State yeah. and Oklahoma
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see i mean if i was the committee i would put them in it if that was the that was the case there's a good scenario that is a crazy scenario i i think and everyone's i think
1: just assuming that either ohio state or oklahoma would get in but i think we should consider more if it's a super close game yeah that it's I not mean, necessarily a given
0: um yeah against by far the best team in the nation they're competed when nobody else could that's it's got to count for something Absolutely. Yeah, I think it would be one of the
1: best performances all year if they hung in there with, yeah, exactly. with Alabama. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So let's move on to the ACC championship game. Clemson is a 26 and a half point favorite. Real
2: tight game, real tight matchup.
1: Yeah, against Pitt in Charlotte. What do you think here, Trey?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for Pitt to make it here, but what a joke of a conference title game. <laughs> ACC was just, they were bad this year. Now you have a 26 point spread game. I mean, if if I told you a few weeks ago, or you know, before the season, that you would you could watch the ACC title, the Big Ten title, or the Mountain West title, since they're all on at the same time, you'd easily have said the ACC or Big Ten. But honestly, I'm probably more interested in the Mountain West game. But yeah. uh, but that's that's for later. All I'm looking for here is to see if Clemson is sharp and if they have a legitimate shot to beat an Alabama in the playoff. You know, giving up 35 last week. Might have been an anomaly, but if Pitt is able to march all over Clemson's D, then I might get a little worried. Uh, personally, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that that game last week makes
0: them even more focused, and I think they they clobber Pitt and they make a statement. Yeah, I agree with you here, Trey. Um, I like Clemson. Pitt's coming off a really poor performance last week against Miami. They lost 24-3, to and they're facing a much better team here. I think Clemson's defense is going to turn it up a notch this week after obviously not playing great. Um but Pitt Pitt doesn't have a quarterback like Jake Bentley and n- neither a receiver like Debo Samuel, who had a huge game the last week against the Tigers. So I, I don't think uh, Pitt can expose the Clemson through the air um like that. So I'm gonna take the the Clemson minus the points.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go the opposite. I'm gonna go Pitt. I, I know you mentioned they laid an egg against Miami last week, and let's not make any more egg jokes though. Uh <laughs> But they really didn't have much to play for in that game. They already had the division wrapped up, and I don't know. I, I guess you always maybe get pumped up to play at Miami, but it really wasn't an important game. And in this game, I think they're, they'll are they slow the game down. They're, of course, going to run the ball a ton, Kadri Olson and Darren Hall. So with limited possessions and kind of the fact that Clemson doesn't need to impress anyone. they If they build a lead, they can just sit on it. They can rest their starters there's no reason for them to i guess they don't really need to rest them but just prevent them from yeah getting injured injured in that second half so they're already locked into that number two seed if if they win this game so i think Pitt can can get the cover next game is the big 10 championship northwestern against ohio state in indianapolis and ohio state's a 14 point favorite what do you think here ryan
0: yeah i mean we've talked we've talked about this before but northwestern just seems to always play to the level of their competition. And, you know, I think they're going to do it again here. Um, but I think they'll just run out of steam at the end of the game. But, you know, it's crazy, though. Dwayne Haskins has thrown 28 more touchdowns than Clayton Thorson. That's <laughs> that, that's unbelievable. 28. That's crazy. And he's almost 1,500 more yards uh, through the air as well. So, I don't know. Even though those statistics are crazy, but I'm still going to take Northwestern. I think they find a way to make it ugly. Maybe they... I don't know. They just find ways to keep games interesting and close. And I think they're going to do it again here. Yeah. Why not? I
1: think they haven't won a game by more than two touchdowns or lost a game by more than two touchdowns this year.
0: That sounds about right. I yeah.
2: I, I, I think I read that somewhere. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. This, this game is really weird to me. I mean, after the performance that the Buckeyes had last week, it, it, it almost, to me, uh, Ryan, you obviously went the other way, but it, it feels almost too obvious that they'd whip Northwestern. But I'm you know maybe it's it's going to be hard emotionally to go from their rival Michigan where they're all in to you know a Northwestern team where they're expected to win but i'm i'm buying into the buckeyes right now they have too many athletes for northwestern the, and this buckeyes team could potentially resemble the national title team they had a few years ago where they they peaked at the very end of the year i'm not i'm not saying they're going to win it all this this time but th- but they have a chance after this and it's really hard for me to pick a team that lost to duke and akron in the big 10 title. <laughs> so I, I say Ohio state rolls and they're going to actually be my lock of the week. For me, I'm, I'm going to slightly disagree in that. I don't
1: think one game is enough for me to go back to trusting Ohio state. I think there were too many struggles throughout the year to think that everything is, is suddenly solved. But I guess I do agree that I'm going to take Ohio state because I just don't think Northwestern's any good They're They're not even in Massey Peabody's top 35 teams. And They've only put up more than 31 points twice this year, and that was against a a terrible Nebraska defense and Akron. So in a game where we know Ohio State's going to score a bunch, I mean, they ran all over or didn't run all over. They threw all over Michigan last week, one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, So I just don't think Northwestern can can keep up with that. But let's move on to the group of five conference championships. And we'll start with the AAC Memphis is at UCF, and the Knights are a three and a half point favorite. And before I I say what what I think is going to happen in this game, I have another question for you guys, and it is: Does this game matter for
0: the New Year Six, or does US does UCF already have that locked up? Yeah, I I think they already have it locked up. I mean, Boise and Fresno are the only teams with a sliver of a chance. Um, If one of them, you know, wins big in that title game. But and UCF would have to get destroyed. But I don't know. They they already have. They're going to have one less loss, no matter who it is. So, and they're pretty far ahead in the rankings. Hey, what
1: about UAB? Oh no, wait, UAB lost again. So they got three losses. It's it's only
0: Fresno and Boise that have a shot. That shot.
2: I know. I and I think I on if you see even if UCF loses by one point, I think the winner of Fresno Boise is going to be the team because of that Mackenzie Milton factor. I I, hmm. I just that's what I. That's what I think. Maybe I could be wrong, but Michael, you're the deciding factor here. Well,
1: I'm just looking up how many losses UAB has, Ryan. They have they, three. They do have three losses. Dang, yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, the AM game. That's right. Okay, mm. all right. I'm dumb. I told you, dude. Not that they would have had a chance anyway. You don't believe. Me? I know you told me. You told me you were right. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Were you guys saying something? <laughs> Am I supposed to break a tie here? Yeah.
0: Who do you? Would they? Would UCF make it?
1: I think it's possible. I think I kind of more agree with Ryan's side of it, where I think likely UCF has it locked up even if they lose but if if it's by a decent margin they lose and then if 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 Boise or Fresno wins by a decent margin I I do think there's there's a chance that uh one of those teams could get in yeah but in this game uh I do like Memphis to to beat UCF they almost beat UCF earlier in the year with uh with a healthy Mackenzie Milton so with a freshman quarterback now Daryl Mack for for UCF who didn't look great against usf last week through the air and I, I think brady white is by far the better
0: quarterback in this game so i'll i'll take the points and i'm gonna make that my lock of the week wow all right yeah i'm with you my guy like memphis here they've been playing great the last four weeks they've won four in a row and they destroyed houston last week without derek king um, and i think they're gonna have a similar result with ucf and no mckenzie milton so i'm taking memphis also
2: yeah, I like Memphis. They get revenge for the game earlier this year and the conference title overtime game last season. Ooh, yeah.
1: Okay, Mountain West now, Fresno State at Boise State. They Broncos should have are. this
0: one in Fresno to pay back for what they did last year. I know, I know. It's really not fair. It's really yeah. not fair.
2: But Boise's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. What do you think, Trey? I, I love this game. Uh, I know it's a home game, and I know Boise beat Fresno State a few weeks ago. But Fresno was up seventeen to three in that one, and they missed two field goals. So they're not afraid of Boise. Their defense has given up only thirteen points per game, while Marcus McMar- McMarion, their quarterback—easy for me to say—has <laughs> had a twenty-four to three touchdown to interception ratio this season. The one advantage, though, Boise does have is they have a little better running attack, especially with running back Alexander Madison. He's been picking it up late. He he's rushed for over twelve hundred yards, sixteen scores. That being said, I, I like this Fresno team. I think they're gonna slow down Boise enough to get the win.
1: I disagree. I, I think what Boise did last week against Utah State was really impressive. I think Utah State is just as good as Fresno, and we saw, you know, what happened last week to them at Boise. I pretty much Boise just has to win to cover this spread, and they're at home on the Smurf turf. I, I just I can't pick against them again, even though I think I did that last week. <laughs> I regretted it.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, with what Trey said here. I mean, Fresno almost had that game wrapped up last time they were playing up in the blue turf, and I don't know. I feel like Fresno's due. They're due <laughs> to beat Boise right now. Gonna, oh, due to
1: do, do it. Due is always a good argument. I know, right? We're due, baby. Conference USA, UAB at Middle Tennessee, a rematch. The rematch everyone wants after a 27 three game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Blue Raiders are favored by two and a half
0: it's kind of weird they won by 24 a week ago and same place same teams but now they're only favored two and a half
1: this is this is great because it's usually when i'm trying to argue not to overreact to a game i'll I'll say something like now if this game were played again next week the spread would not be middle tennessee by 20 yeah you know and now we have proof of it here you you know it's just one game doesn't doesn't listen you listening michigan fans just because you got blown out (laughs) doesn't mean you're a lot worse
0: than ohio state um Having said that, I I like Middle Tennessee in this one because because of that game. And they held UAB to less than 100 yards of total offense in that game. And UAB— Negative one yards rushing. Yeah, negative one yards rushing. Neither UAB QB could get anything going. And I don't know. I just don't think in a matter of a week you can all of a sudden turn it around and improve that much or change the outcome of the game that much. So I like Brent Stock still. I think he's a great quarterback. I think uh, the Blue Raiders will uh, take this one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I want to be contrarian and and really think you know take the the two and a half with UAB just because of their performance last week. But but when I look at a game like this, I I do like to look at the quarterback play, and I I do think Stockstill is is superior, and uh, they've been on a roll towards the end of the year, so I like Middle Tennessee as well. One thing that I, I didn't
1: watch the the UAB Middle Tennessee game last week, but I no. wonder if UAB was vanilla or just not motivated because they were already in and and maybe they didn't want to they show a lot for sure in were they no they were they were I, i'm pretty sure they they were already in hmm you can look you can look it up but I'm, I'm pretty sure uab had it locked up middle tennessee the, there was an fiu game earlier fiu lost oh yeah you're right. Which, you're right which i think gave middle tennessee a chance so you're right no okay you're right anyway uh Spencer Brown, UAB's top running back, is he only had one carry last week because he is dealing with an injury, I guess. He's questionable for this game. That is a huge loss for them. He's, he's had a great season if, if he doesn't play. And then their quarterback, A.J. Erdely, did not look good in his first game back from injury last week. Needless to say, he got sacked eight times. So I, I do like Middle Tennessee. Moving on to the Sun Belts, Louisiana. Uh, According to Ryan, yeah, Louisiana Lafayette is taking on Appalachian State and it's at Appalachian State. The Mountaineers are favored 17 and a half. And I really like this Louisiana team as far as looking forward into the future, uh, which is usually how I like to look to the future forward. Um, (laughs) First year head coach Billy Napier is doing a great job on the recruiting trail. They're first in the Sun Belt in recruiting, which is really impressive. Uh, for for Louisiana Lafayette Louisiana I'm gonna call him Louisiana (laughs) and he's done a great job on the field too this year they're a ton better than last year and when you go seven and five when your schedule has at Mississippi State at Alabama at App State at Troy that's a really good year but on the other side App State their only losses were at Penn State in overtime and then at Georgia Southern in a game where their quarterback Zach Thomas was injured for most of it so like Louisiana in the future, but I'll take App State now.
0: All right, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the uh, the raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette here from a betters perspective. You got to like seventeen and a half points. It's that's pretty nice to get that. It's a nice hook um, there. Yeah, right. Um, but also, I like their senior quarterback. They got a good experienced guy back there, and Andre Nunez. So I don't know. I think they'll be able to keep this one within that seventeen and a half. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't like laying. This many points in a in a title
2: game, but I like the Mountaineers. I've just liked their team. They've been solid all year, and I, I think they're the class of this conference.
1: Okay. Last conference championship we have is the Mac, and it is on Friday. So maybe it's really kind of the first conference championship game, but it's uh Buffalo. That one in the Pac twelve, right? Them in the yep. Pac twelve, yeah. I don't know what times they're at, but I assume this one Mac's, is Max like an hour
2: before, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Buffalo's a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Northern—or no, it's not at Northern Illinois. It's at Ford Field. And, Trey, you're the Maction guy, so why don't you go first?
2: I know. I, I do like—I I love the Mac. But uh, Buffalo clearly has the advantage on offense, as Northern Illinois, they average less than 20 points per game. That's that's hard in today's college football, especially for if you're a good team. Yeah. Uh, Northern Illinois— they obviously own the the defensive edge, but it, it's not as large of a gap as the two offenses have. And, and outside of their game at Ohio, where they ran into a complete buzzsaw, Buffalo dominated every other back opponent, and Northern Illinois comes into this one losing two in a row. So I'm predicting that Lance Leopold caps off a great year and the Bulls win the MAC. Yeah, to your point, Trey, about that
1: Northern Illinois offense, five yards per pass attempt on the year. <laughs> That's 127th in the nation, wow. and I'm just kind of thinking right now. I'm not exactly sure what Oklahoma's yards per pass attempt is, but it's definitely more than double that. I think it's probably around oh, 13. That's crazy. But so really bad season from Marcus Childers through the air, and yeah, like you said, I know they've got a great defense, but Anthony Johnson at receiver, Tyree Jackson at quarterback. I think Buffalo will
0: put enough points to cover. Yeah, I I like Buffalo as well, and. I do know. Northern Illinois has a good defense, but I mean, if you look at the yards given up by both teams, it, uh, Northern Illinois is allowed three hundred and forty-four yards per game. Buffalo has allowed three hundred and forty-four point nine. So it's pretty much the exact same. Whereas Northern Illinois, I'm they run the ball a lot. They shorten the game. So is Northern Illinois defense really that much better? I don't. I don't particularly see it. So I, I like. I like Buffalo here.
1: Okay, that does it for our Championship Week preview, and it is time, as always, for the Questionable Finish. With it being Championship Week, name a time when you won a championship
0: or something big. Fair enough. All right, I'll go first. Um, Well, I guess it's not maybe huge, but as a high school basketball coach, I did win conference championships in back-to-back years. Nice. Nice. My first two years, thank you. Not bad.
1: I also had a, a back-to-back accomplishment, uh, back-to-back spelling bee champ in elementary school. Nerd. Yeah, they actually had to stop having them. They just knew I would win. I was. They st- everyone was wondering is is Michael Newman bad for the spelling bee? <laughs> yeah. Is is Alabama bad for college football? It was a similar type question.
2: Mine is. Uh, you know, I did so many accomplishments on the field. I'm going to take one off the field uh i'm gonna say winning a, I won an uh, an nFL pick 'em league against all my good friends it's great for bragging rights and uh it it was it was a blast to win that that's weak how my friend
0: how many friends did you have there two <laughs> no, I- <laughs> <laughs> it was me and you yeah yeah uh
1: i wouldn't call us friends more kinda yeah forced Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: when asked whether he'd be interested in returning to Texas Tech, Mike Leach said, they didn't pay me last time and I'm happy here. They haven't paid me for 2009 and we won nine games that year and they haven't won nine games since. So what's something one of the bros did to
2: you years ago that you're still bitter about? So it's not one of the bros it's both the bros Mm. you little twerps Mm -hmm. have hole in ones and it's—I'm not, not bitter or anything, but I'm maybe just a little bitter. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, I am bitter that
1: it seems like every time one of you guys moves, I have to help you move, but I don't remember either of you ever helping me move.
0: Oh, I helped you move from when dorm rooms in at USC. Dorm rooms? Yeah, or apartments. I mean, oh, I remember. Okay, I don't uh, remember uh, yeah, it though, so it you doesn't had a count. Pod or whatever. Oh yeah, I—I I remember. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Sorry. Otherwise, I never would have gone to your place. True.
1: <laughs> I think I helped you move twice. All right. Well, I, I don't remember. It wasn't memorable <laughs> to me. Very have done a bad are job.
0: Are <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, mine is I'm bitter that both of you guys got the height in the family. Michael more so than any of us. But, you know, Trey's a good maybe almost 5'11", and Michael's, what are you, like 6'3", almost?
1: Yeah, six six, six seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh Mike. <my. laughs> <laughs> Give or take.
0: Yeah. It's like Michael Beasley, right? It's you're listed. Yeah, exactly. Like inches desire.
1: <laughs> okay, last one, time for our upset special. And there's not a lot of games to choose from this week, so you can just take any underdog. Doesn't have to be seven plus points. I'm taking Memphis to win outright at UCF. That was my lock of the week. And no Mackenzie
2: Milton. Simple as that. So I hit mine last week. I had Baylor. Uh, they beat Texas Tech. I'm going to take, uh, in this week, I'm going to take Utah. I think they're better than you, Deb. I'm, I'm not in love with the Huskies, and I think their win against Wazoo last week was
0: more because of weather and matchup as opposed to them being superior. All right. I am going to take um, Fresno. I mentioned it earlier, but I think they're going to go up to Boise and uh, steal one there. So give me the Bulldogs. Okay. Before we close
1: out the show, I want to mention the teams that reached bowl games this weekend that we didn't bring up baylor purdue vandy wake forest tcu and minnesota all got their sixth win
0: minnesota was impressive at wisconsin
1: they yeah and wisconsin oof yeah seven and five yeah that was a very very disappointing year crazy and then another final note if the playoff rankings are up in the air after saturday's games we might do a, a quick episode just giving our Our preview of what the committee might do and and who should be in so but if it's fairly obvious who the four teams should be then i i don't think we will does that sound good to you guys yeah that sounds reasonable and we kind of already gave our thoughts on oklahoma versus
0: ohio state so yeah exactly yeah we'll see but yeah we'll see
1: all right play it by ear make sure you're subscribed if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed I,
2: what's wrong with you? Wow, Mike! Way to attack our listeners here. Well, sorry, I'm sorry, and, and I'm guys, sorry. That was rude. Soak it in. This is the last kind of Saturday slate we have. Of that's the season. true. It's not a full slate, but it's some big games, and this is all we got. We just got Bulls after this. Well, Army Navy, but some Bulls after this. So
1: yeah. Oh, Stanford cal this weekend too. Didn't bring yeah, that up. Big.
2: Yeah, that's true. The big game,
1: and. Virginia Tech is playing Marshall. They're, I think Virginia Tech needs it to get to a bowl game. So They
2: do. They're 5-6. and six.
0: Yeah, big game Drake for them. Drake is
1: playing Iowa State. Drake, Iowa State? Yeah. Hate the Drake.
0: Yeah. I hate the Drake. <laughs> hate the Drake. Uh,
1: okay, well, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros follow them on instagram at college football bros and for their commentary on saturdays follow them on twitter at cfb bros thanks for listening